2: Hello and welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I am joined by Joel Skid. Hello. Rare for you to be here on a Thursday. How are you feeling?
0: you liking it? Uh, well, I had f- not just come back from a stag do well. I was having actually three days ago, but I still feel like shit. <laughs> I wasn't hungover once over the weekend. It was a crappy weekend. Got back and I've not left my bed. You can't be hungover if you keep drinking. That's
1: true. That was, that was the aim of the game. I see there was a picture of you clutching a football at uh, some kind of lower league jobbery, I guess. Yes,
0: that was Oldham Sheffield United. We, um, uh, Myself and Murray and a couple of others watched the first 40 minutes. I, uh, I went, to, uh, went to the toilet, missed the uh, Topi Obadiah scoring, and then uh, went back for. We had hospitality refreshments. Game kicked off again. The game, didn't go back, just stayed in hospital, got a picture with uh, Topi at the end of the game, saying that we were Come Hornet fans, uh, we asked him what he thought of Gary Locke, and he refused to comment, <laughs> before he kind of, uh, we prodded him and he said, good um, good coach, as 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 for a manager, not for me, <laughs> he definitely didn't know that I did a podcast when we were asking him,
2: the world exclusive. Toby Obidai, colon, Gary Locke, not for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sneaky, but good. Good yeah, for you. Yeah, well he, was, he was making sure there was no, uh, no one was filming or uh, recording, but I can remember, Toby, I can remember, I haven't drink that much.
2: <laughs> Another voice you can hear is Mr Sean McGuigan. Hello, you alright? Yep. Okay, we've got a lot to get into this show. Uh, to be fair, I think it's peaked already, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but we'll begin with something we're just going to... Slide into the top of the running order here Because it has been dominating the news today Which is the quote-unquote Square goal Which we all saw from the Hibs Against Morton match on Wednesday night By all intents and purposes Horrendous game But nobody cares when everybody just starts fighting at the end
1: The the lower league I don't think it's been a, a classic season For lower league tomfoolery but So I was delighted to see that last night It's one of the highlights of my season and my only regret was that uh, Jim Duffy wasn't allowed to smash in what remains of Neil Lennon's teeth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, it, it, Again, it's one of those things where you watch it, and rather than do a five things we learn from, you do a ten, <laughs> ten things we learn from this video because there was so much going on. Like, uh, obviously, Duncan uh, WhatsApped us earlier on saying that uh, look at the the gif I retweeted, and what we well, meant to be looking for Marvin Bartley, and he's gently holding about five people, and he's pushing them back, as if he's some sort of rhino. <laughs> there was also,
2: there's a good photo where everybody's got, got their faces contorted, and they just raging, and there's just this one guy at the far left-hand side, he's just like, completely deadpan face. <laughs> he looks like, I don't know who he is, he's like an older guy, so he must be like an official or something. And there's, I mean,
0: there's just there's so much to unpack for the entire thing. It's beautiful when you get a moment like that. There, I don't know if you saw the video of the the Brazilian game where something out of nothing. This is this was genuinely something genuinely happened, but something out of nothing happened towards the end of the game, and it ended in um, fans from both sides coming on the pitch, kicking um, two shits out of each other, and uh, the police. Having to come into the field and fire kind of grenades at them, <laughs> uh, smoke grenades. Well, they kind of ran for ran for safety. That would have been a nice addition towards the end of the the, the video. But I really liked the, the the aggressiveness. It was actually a proper uh, a, a proper strum, not a strumash. A proper what's, what's the word?
1: Yeah, we'll go for that one. I liked I like Jim Duffy saying. I think he was asked afterwards about punches being swung, and Jim Duffy said, "If I'd swung a punch, you'd know about it." <laughs> <laughs> that's what was a classic
2: like so he'd kill him it was so hard even the journalists would feel like. you I should it I think see the other guy I think he would have won Lennon against Duffy
1: yes well he is taller. So as somebody pointed out on Pine Buffalo he looks like Robocop which <laughs> <laughs> we should possibly also take into consideration <laughs>
2: lenin
0: has got a, it, it, bit of a
1: scrappy quality though. those so just all, all he top. does look like Robocop he's just been <laughs>
0: left out to rust <laughs> and somehow gave weight. <laughs> Lennon I think he portrays himself as a hard man but I actually don't think he is a hard man all bark no bite he's, yeah. oh, that is fluff and bluster yeah, Duffy would win. Duffy for me. It was it was good that he went and tr- he, he tried to go for a couple of people, but once Duffy uh, got dragged away, he went for someone else, and he conveniently tried to go through Darren McGregor to get this person. That who's, who's the biggest <laughs> person? who will stop me doing anything bad. <laughs> I'll just pretend to try and get a, around Darren McGregor. But you shouldn't take away from is it yeah, <clears throat> kudos to, or you know? Yes. Um, yes. Two bits of uh, fantastic play. He, he just about killed... Is it Jordan? I thought it was David Gray, but it's, it's Jordan first. Oh, I know
2: why, because he's got a beard and a bald yeah,
0: yeah. head. <laughs> um, he just about killed him. Fair enough, he'll your suspension. But the way he dropped to the, uh, dropped to the deck after um, being nutted by uh, Tanner McGregor, uh, I think he should get his um, suspension kind of revoked for that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've like heard couple of people say it wasn't a red card for, for the challenge. It's, it's a red card
1: all day long. Uh, oh, you know because yeah. tackle was uh, poor, and I didn't think it was like the, I didn't think it necessarily deserved the. Reaction. It didn't deserve the reaction of I, I, no, I presume it was because it happened. It happened right in front of him It like provoked right. such a response. If it had happened the other end of the park, he maybe wouldn't have been that so that bothered about. It, it was a red card, but
2: for, just because of the force, the force of the
1: challenge,
2: mm. especially the, the area of the park, it happens where as well comes into the referee's thinking. If you make a challenge like that on the touchline. Especially when it's like been such a shit game and it just comes completely out of the blue, then that is excessive force. That's pretty much a, a carbon copy example of what institutes excessive force. He's just—I've seen some people overreacted incredibly. One boy said, no, "One no. boy said he went in two-footed after he'd already kicked the ball." It's like, no, that's just assault.
0: He would literally be arrested. Um. I did enjoy a tweet uh, so I can't remember who it, was, who it was from but someone retweeted it so it came on my uh, timeline was uh, it was like kind of imagining the, the, the reporter of the game with some phone at his desk like sure you want uh, as many words on this piece of shit uh, oh hold on there's a scuffle breaking out I'll phone you back it's all kicking off <laughs>
2: yeah it was, it was brilliant so we we'll go from there mm-hmm. to even, even dizzier heights of entertainment League 2 Sean I- we're going to do a tribute to League Two, which I think means I mean, Joe, i just going to sit here while you
1: talk for. A few I was minutes. actually going to turn on the light and get my water while you were talking. League, league Two, we should have a tribute to League Two, a because it's Scotland's largest league uh, and, and almost always is. And as much as uh, Hearts versus Celtic will be the biggest game in Scotland this weekend, uh, that is this weekend, isn't it? Yep. Yes. Something. Yep. I, I was worried that I'd got that mixed up. I don't think it's the most important game. In Scotland this weekend, I think Cowdenbeath versus Clyde is the most important game in Scotland this weekend based on the fact that it's arguably one of the biggest games in both clubs' history. Because I think either, uh, I think Clyde and Cowdenbeath would struggle to beat, uh, whether it's East Kilbride or Cove Rangers in the playoffs. I think whoever finishes bottom will get will get relegated. I know that there's always this, I think both sets of fans are concerned that if they do go down to the uh, the Lowland league that could... Push them out of existence. However, if you take the example of East Stirling, they've been excellent this season. Uh, I know they tweeted. It must have been about two months ago. They tweeted that they just scored their one hundredth goal of the season. Uh, I mean they're scoring like 7, 8, 9 every week They're still finishing second But <laughs> but I think the really yeah, they did not a
2: struggle Earlier in the campaign I'm sure, I'm sure I looked at the league Like yeah, in September
1: or October. They must be set I'm sure it second? They're a good bit behind These Kilbride yeah. But they're, they're annihilating Teams most weeks So I don't think It's quite uh, I mean as much as it would be Terrible for either club involved I don't think it would be The death sentence That some you people are Painting it You get a amount Of
0: uh, re- parachute payment For that level uh, For the one season I think it's 40 grand um, which Basically Because I was, I was talking to someone it
1: basically gives you uh, A year to get promoted You're right actually Yeah He's still in our second And and scored about 312 goals uh, In the league It's
2: just 91 Oh well but it must, 100 must be all competitions
1: And Because uh, I've probably involved In about 7 cups <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah so count me Maybe they're including Training as well Like you are <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was a, a, bit, a sliding doors moment uh, for Cowden Beef on Saturday. 0 0 uh, against Annan. They're awarded a penalty, and Fraser Mullen uh, is running up to uh, take it. Meanwhile, at the same time, uh, Clyde are uh, pissing away a 2 goal lead against Stone Albion. Uh, Fraser Mullin, I don't know if you've seen it, Fraser Mullen fell on his bum as he was taking a penalty. Uh, so he kind of shanked his penalty. The keeper was still forced him to make a save.
2: Fraser Mullen is one of these penalty takers who has a
1: reputation as a penalty taker, despite but, never being good at taking penalties. <laughs> I, I now think he just has a reputation for falling over while taking them. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you could say, I mean, four points, I mean, if they ended up, they missed that penalty, Anna went up the park, uh, Anna won 1 0. That left them four points behind Clyde. I mean, it's a lot to do over six games. Uh, but they play Clyde again this week. The only thing you can say in Calvin B's favour is that in the uh, five games since uh, since Liam Fox left, uh, they've won two, uh, lost two, drawn one. But in, even in the games that they've lost, they're creating chances, which they've never done before. I watched the highlights against Berwick. They were excellent. It was 3-1. It could have been more. Uh, they were really good against Clyde when they, they beat them. Uh, I think it was about a week and a half ago. You look at Clyde's form, uh, Barry Ferguson's been away for seven games they've picked up as many points since he left as he did in the seven games, his last seven games but there doesn't seem to have been a, an improvement at all with Clyde so I don't think all is lost for Cowden but I know, uh, I think Craig Cairns is reporting on it uh, Yeah, and he
2: also said that a friend of his who's a Clyde fan was saying, and he, he's not one to exaggerate and say this kind of thing lightly but he does say it looks like the players have given up
1: I, I mean, I, I've read this theory uh, on Pineville there was a few fans saying things like well, none of them's going to be here next season so why are they going to be bothering the ours particularly if they get relegated? It's not someone you want in your CV But I mean I, I can kind of see where they're coming from Whether that's, uh, whether that's the case or not I don't know uh, Unfortunately there was no highlights Of the Clyde, and Albion game uh, Shade bags I, I, I did see uh, Potentially it didn't put it up Because it was so embarrassing But I, I really wanted to see it uh, So that's really disappointing I wanted to see it as well Because I was playing a Sterling player On my team of
2: the week And I wanted to make sure Exactly where he was playing So I wanted to watch the highlights And figure it out Just reading through
1: Clyde and Stirling Albion forums Trying to figure out Where Darren Smith plays Clyde's Clyde's running is easier though I know Cowdenbeath have uh, I think their last three games Is against three of the current top four So Cowdenbeath's running does look uh, a bit bleaker So I think even a draw I would suspect that that would probably keep Clyde up uh, This season if you're playing through the top four as well, who's the... I'm sure they've got to play uh, Elgin, Arbroath, and I think their last game's against Forfa, something along those lines, albeit... That's uh,
2: the three probably with stuff to play for as well, because... Well, Elgin should be safe, but with Sterling Albion's recent on Sterling Albion won six games on the bounce, so they're only five points behind Elgin now, so they'll potentially have something to play for. And the top two... Are both going for the title? There's only a point difference between them. Although,
1: although Forfar Forfar can't having won in seven games. Forfar season it is top of the table. Forfar season it is going straight down the toilet. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought the next team we could have talked about is Edinburgh City. No. Uh, bear in mind how their season started. They didn't win any of the first eleven games. Uh, I think Gary Jardin yeah, they only picked up like two points or something. I think Jardin's done an excellent job there. It probably started. He's maybe showed a bit too much loyalty to the team that got promoted last season. They seem to start the season with a squad that just wasn't good enough, even for uh, League Two level. Uh, but he reacted to that and he brought in players after the season started. And I know guys like Craig Beattie and you know even Derek Ryden who's come in recently. Probably get the most amount of headlines. They don't actually deserve the most amount of headlines. It's guys like uh, Joe and Boo, or even guys that, you know. Josh Walker was brought in in January. Yeah, Mark uh, Laird, I think Mark he's Laird. injured now. But yeah, I mean he came in September, uh, and you know Dougie Gaers who scored a couple of goals at the weekend as well. It's guys like that that have probably been uh, uh, the kind of spine of the team that, that's that, that's kept them going this season. They now look safe, and when you put in the perspective, so you look at all the teams that have come up in the last. Uh, I don't know A dozen years or so I, I'm not sure I mean Annan Athletic Generally do okay Most seasons Elgin Are normally at the top of that league uh, Peter Head And in the third tier Your most ridiculous examples Would be Ross County and Inverness So generally new teams Do do okay uh, Elgin's first season in the league they only got 22 points Edinburgh City are already Sitting on 33 this season So in terms of uh, When you compare them To other new teams That have come into the league they have done really well I suppose it now depends On how they build Last season they started at a very low base, it wasn't good enough. They now seem to have a team in place that could probably challenge for the mid table.
2: They're moving to Ainsley Park as well for the next three seasons?
1: They are, which would be no bad thing because Meadowbank is bleak.
2: And I'm, I'm moving to near across the road for Ainsley Park for at least the next three seasons, probably. So, uh, so considering how shy hearts are, you know, I might just adopt a new team. A new local team, perfect.
1: Perfect And then at least you know They're going to be in League 2
0: next season I made uh, Not a big song and dance Oh They're at Meadow, Meadow Bank I'll, I'll get to a few games this season uh, I've been to one uh, Left before the full time whistle Because uh, it, it was Winter It was against of Beef And there was a pub Just across the road <laughs> <laughs> Ainsley Park Who wants to go there? Uh, it's actually It's in the middle there There's nothing around it In terms of For a football away day Nothing really Nothing nothing around it And it's Barnes
1: <laughs> <laughs> <he> was fun. <laughs>
0: I just always always like to
1: I like the fact you're, like you're criticising the area that Craig Fowler's moving in.
0: Oh, uh, nice area to but not a nice area to watch football. Good. Uh, uh, I don't think there's any pubs. Uh, there's one near the um whatever the, the big offices are. Uh one that's opened in the last eighteen months. But other okay. than that it's, You've got the got a decent wee, uh, social club you can get you can get um, refreshments in
2: alright cool mm. I might head along with that good uh, oh, but if, it's, if,
0: well. <laughs> if it's on your doorstep then bang
2: you <laughs> I think you're just talking from personal experience and you're coming in for Haddington yeah I think about four buses
1: just <laughs> make <laughs> it to you but to other people it might be fine right. <laughs> it definitely will be okay for other people but I'm a selfish bastard <laughs> <laughs> uh, Berwick Rangers are probably the team that has the least amount of interesting things going for them this season But even they had something a wee bit interesting And it was quite unusual that John uh, Coughlin actually offered his resignation And they turned it down after they lost to Hoyek Royal Albert It was Hoyek, I believe they lost to 3-2 in the Scottish Cup well, in the, in the, I think it was 50 years 50 years after defeating Rangers in the Scottish Cup that had one of their best ever results No, the best result obviously uh, They then had one of their worst uh, just to celebrate the 50th anniversary <laughs> By losing to Hike, So he offered his resignation And at the time they were doing pretty well in the league uh, So they refused to turned him down uh, I think he then lost about his next five or six So they ended the season Bottom of the league uh, He seems to have turned that round uh, They're now safe uh, Perfectly mid-table It'll be interesting to see if they keep him on At the end of the season uh, Funnily enough I've, I've Coughlin got... just bounces around lower divisions doesn't he? Ah, I mean, he seems to have a, a bit of an affiliation to there but I know he's uh, I was speaking to somebody that, that, that's actually uh, that plays for Beric and there's a, a mixed opinion on him uh, because he's extremely old school which mm-hmm. I think some of the players react quite well to and some others just have no time for he's a very bouncy character as well uh, on the uh, sidelines just he's quite large <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming you meant it was like just like a kind of Jack in the Box. No, no, it was, it was more kind of the Mitchell and man uh, Fat in insane. the box.
0: <laughs> uh, but you? yeah, I think he is, he's quite tempestuous. Yes. on the sideline. Yeah, uh, I don't
1: think he's. Uh, I don't think he's shy about coming forward. We then have uh, we're talking about a, a manager who the club didn't want to get rid of. The next two clubs in that league are Montrose and Stellan Albion. Both have kind of had similar tangents this season. Both struggling. Both look like, I mean at one point there was about six teams that went in the relegation fight uh, in that league. Uh, both got with their managers. Hegarty uh, was Montrose and uh, McLaren was still an Albion manager. Both have done particularly well. I mean Montrose are quite fortunate in that due to their location they've got good links with uh, Dundee, Dundee United, even uh, Aberdeen. So they normally do quite well in the, the loan market. I know one of the criticisms of Hegarty was it he would bring these loan players in. And then not playing there. They're, they're quite an old squad and they generally rely on these experienced players, even though these experienced players weren't getting any results. Uh, where uh, Stuart Petrie seems to be quite happy to play a lot of younger players. I noticed one of their games recently, they had a, I think a starting age, average age is 24, just when they happened under Hegarty. So again, it'll be interesting to see how uh, they to do next season. Uh, Dave McKay's kind of done wonders at Still in Albion. Uh, a huge kind of turnover of players in January. And even guys like Fraser Wright, who uh, actually didn't look like he could walk <laughs> at the, during these last few games at Dumbarton never mind run uh, but he's come in and done perfectly well uh, for Stirling Albion saved him and bizarrely I mean Montrose have went from looking like they may get relegated I think they're now just six points outside the playoffs Stirling Albion are only five I wouldn't expect either I think Elgin I mean Elgin have a far better squad but Elgin are just a weird team that either uh, hammer opponents or get annihilated themselves after that you've got Annan Again a team who looked like they're going to be the, the dictionary definition of mediocrity They're now just seven points off of Forfa They also have Arbroath to play They've got Forfa to play And then their other four games look quite favourable If Forfa's form is to continue, which it might do I would expect Annan to catch them up uh, And Arbroath had a wee hiccup at the weekend against Montrose uh, So I would, I would make Arbroath favourites But I wouldn't say it was completely beyond the realms of possibility uh, That Annan could catch up with them They were the best team though our both. <coughs> who, who are the better team? No, they well the better team, sorry, I meant to say. Yes, absolutely. I mean, our both have been. The thing about Forfar is people are saying that Forfar's recent form has completely deteriorated. They've won 16 games this season. Bear in mind, they won the first seven. So they've only won nine of the next 23. <laughs> so actually, I mean, out with the first two months of the season, I mean, they were particularly good August, September. They were particularly good, I think it was November, December. Other than that, mm. they've generally been poor. Uh, and unless they can have another particularly good patch Over the next six games the uh, They have, uh, I think they've got Stirling Albion This Saturday And then the week after is against Adbroath uh, But I, I can see them being deposed On the top of the table I mean, there is literally If you go in Pine Buffalo, There is nobody has anything positive to say On the 4-4 threads about Gary Boland And yet they're a point clear at the top of the table But, <laughs> but they just go It's bizarre, they're a bizarre team I, I think he overthinks things when uh, He has one or two bad results he will change his best centre-half partnership, or he'll change his best strike partnership. He seems to completely overthink things. And rather than just tinker with a team, he'll make huge sweeping changes that aren't really necessary.
0: Right, I think it's about time we moved on to... Did the... I just add one thing to, to,
1: to League No. To.
0: Okay. What is it? Do you remember a player called Scott Gear? I think he played for... It was either Serious or Clyde. It's got nothing to do with League 2, I just wanted to... Say. <laughs> <laughs> Clyde already linked to yeah, yeah, but there wasn't at the time um, I'm sure he played for Stenny and played at Clyde and uh, this it was a good few years ago If um, I just want to see if anyone has footage of this defensive performance it is the worst I have ever seen and that says something for lower league Scottish football I think he scored an own goal and conceded a penalty in the first half I'll try and dig out it's Scott Aguirre I'm sure his name is and if we can find the footage it is priceless
2: you can see why Joel doesn't come at the lower league shows. <laughs> he just <laughs> offers up completely <laughs> random players from, from, time, from years gone by. Yes. Right. Um, nothing we, to add. We had an email. and uh, We don't get a lot of emails. Uh, so that's good. Um, but I quite liked the, this thought. So I thought we'd discuss it on the show. And just consider that someone's taking the time to actually interact with us. That's, um, I thought we'd give them the, the time of day. It comes from Gabriel McEwen. And he asks, um, After having heard your kind of... Sorry, after having heard you can't, quote-unquote, you can't create that sort of pressure in training in regard to penalties, what if as a half-time entertainment five youth players take on five punters in a penalty shootout? Uh, the pressure on this being the fear of completely riddied by a group of punters <laughs> uh, and with the system, <clears throat> you'd have to create a bit of pressure that, that, Obviously can be recreated in training. And a good bit of entertainment for the whole stadium. Wondered what you guys thought. Personally, I love this idea. Initially, I
0: thought, what are you emailing us for? <laughs> um, emailing <laughs> into us for? Haven't you got anything better to do? But, I've thought about it more... <laughs> <laughs> says the guys uh, sitting around the table talking about Scottish football. But having thought about it more, I
1: totally agree. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think it'd be brilliant. Sean? Actually I was thinking that If you were Even if you were to get If you were to get The English national Never mind youth players If you were to do this In an England international game uh, And got five players For that current team They would probably lose To like five Five dough balls For Sunderland Picked <laughs> for the crowd That
0: would be great I think also because um, It would be good To boo your own players more uh, to, to help create that Yeah uh, But yeah. you can actually um, they, they might be thinking Oh they're just jokingly doing No no we as fans, <laughs> Scottish football fans, are actually booing
2: you. But you see all these like ideas, like that, that, that clubs come up with for the halftime entertainment, mm. and when they bring fans out, it's always really kind of weird stuff. Like hit the flag when a bag was won for the timecast, and there's all these other things like run for the halfway line. Or
0: the one, there was one at uh, Easter Road, I'm sure it was, where you if you, you hit it from the the, the halfway line, I had to get it in the boot of the car, and you won like, the car, but. There's no one good if, the, if there's someone good enough in the crowd to be able to do that,
1: they'd be on the pitch. <laughs> I, I actually went on I went on a forum uh, I just googled it different uh, types of half-time activity and this was when I once a discussion on a St. Johnson forum and uh, this is the first comment or the first reply and it was and this probably sums up the apathy when it comes to football fans and uh, forms <laughs> of half-time entertainment and it says uh, the only half-time activity I'm interested in is going for a piss) <laughs> But it is, it's hard to think up. I think the only time you come up with something that's really enjoyable is if it involves kids playing football in the park, and it's really just them that are interested in that. I mean, what... what? I think people would be interested in this idea,
2: though, because it's it's easy enough, it's a penalty shootout, everybody's already familiar with the kind of... I know that's not drama, because it doesn't really matter, but everybody's kind of familiar with the usual drama and a penalty shootout, and the fact that you have supporters against employees of the club, like players of the club, that kind of gives it a little bit of interest. And also... If you open it up to all season ticket holders and anybody could get their name drawn and could be emailed before you may turn up, that's another thing to have interest in it as well. You do that every week, maybe a bit where people have to enter where they pay a pound or something. You can
0: get mm. some extra cash in the club. Alternatively, five for the away fans. Yeah, ah, <laughs> even that because I mean the yeah the with the kids playing in the middle of the park. Oh, it's it's rubbish. Like this is uh, this is the future of our football,
1: and what am I watching here? <laughs> <laughs> and then they get a big round of applause round the round the stadium. Uh, uh, and I mean, I know certainly, certainly it would, that I'm idea would be better fan. than uh, what we do at Starts Park currently, where they interview a former player. However, the PA system doesn't <laughs> work. PA system doesn't work. So it, for the entire duration of the interview, all you hear is feedback. <laughs> So the latest one was Hamish McAlpine came down And he said uh, Great to have you here Hamish had a good career At at Stats Park Can you tell me One of your favourite moments And he went Oh I'll never forget The time where (laughs) And that was it That was his story (laughs) And this happens Every home game
2: (laughs) (laughs) To be fair Your dislike Of the PA system and PA announcer <laughs> is my favourite thing when I go to Starks Park I do actually enjoy the half time entertainment I just, I, the most
1: I just, just, I just via your reaction I, just, I cringe so much uh, just fix the PA system <laughs> 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 or don't do interviews <laughs> okay
0: Jen, well, you think uh, when Hearts uh, Hearts substitute it uh, quite often uh, at Timecastle is to get kind of Legends, and uh, I use the term legends in the losers. But I try to do
2: it every week. Fair enough when you have an an actual legend bring out and do it, because hearts can do it sometimes pretty well for, for big games. Maybe a game against Hibs whatsoever in the past. You've had like Mark DeVries, you've had
0: Wayne Forster. No, no, I mean they do um, Hibs and Hearts uh, legends. They they think penalties ancient. Oh, All right, 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 yeah. Uh, but the the last time it happened, I think there was like there was like three players involved, and I had to get someone from the crowd uh, to and, play. Go and, go. and that's already kind of boring already, anyway, yeah. because we know
2: that these legends teams play together. It's like eleven a side. So that that novelty's already worn up. And if every team get involved, you can do a league table. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, maybe. But even
1: then Just get a puddle Puddles against kids yeah. The only time I've seen A half time show Where It appeared that Every single person Was uh, Thoroughly enjoying it Was That time Rangers Got a thousand Pissed up squaddies On the park And they sung <laughs> uh, Bigoted tunes <laughs> <laughs> Everybody seemed To love that <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the Small band of Stenhouse fans That were also in attendance
2: <laughs> Let's do that <laughs> I don't know who Celtic would have. Let's not go down that route. Actually, let's, let's forget about
0: that. I'm I'm trying to keep my mouth shut as, as as firmly as possible.
2: Okay, thank you very much for the email, uh, Gabrielle. And if you have similar uh, ideas you'd like to put to us to discuss uh, or ridicule or whatever. Then uh, yeah, please get in touch. Shortterracepodcast.net.
0: Do emailing. Thank you.
2: Anyway, on to the main crux. Of- <laughs> on to the main crux of the show. Top twelve. We're now on to our centre midfielders. <laughs> now, Sean is here. Probably noticed. Sean doesn't know a whole lot about the top flight. He, he is a lower league man. I thought he could have had a, had a goal anyway, but never mind. Um, so while me and Joe give our top 12 list, Sean is also going to give his, but it is lower league exclusive.
1: Yes, and I've, I think I've graded it slightly different for you. You hasn't? definitely have. Yes.
2: So as you're maybe aware when we do our top 12s, we kind of do it Who's the best player right now So it's not just current form It's more about taking into account that In this season or in this run of games A player might play better than he ever has before So if somebody comes out of the blue Plays well, has been crapped in a couple of years Chances are he's not going to be number one on our list Similarly If a player Is good And then is a bit poor One season He might not drop out the top 12 Had he been previously in our top 3 or whatever so that's the kind of thinking. We take it into account maybe two or three years. At least i try tried to. I know Joel doesn't really. But <laughs>
1: he's just nodding his head. I, I, so I, Sean, how, how have you worked yours out? Well, but it was harder for me because it's three different leagues. And it's obviously a lot easier to play well against Montrose than it is to play against Dundee United. But, yeah. No, that's a bad example because <laughs> it's quite easy to play against Dundee United. But, uh, but the point still stands. So I've tried to get players who have played particularly well This season In comparison to how they've performed Other seasons Right Okay, Across the leagues
2: In fairness I never told you That you had to do it For all three leagues Let's face it There's no hard and fast rules here (laughs) Just a bit of fun (laughs) Right So what we'll do is I think we'll go through them each stages Like we always do on, On these lists But <laughs> what I was laughing. <laughs> so me, me and Joel will do ours first, mm-hmm. and then you can come in with your twelve to 10, 9 to seven, uh-huh. 60. So we'll yep. just break it down like that. Ah, that's fine. So we're well, we'll not well. just doing our one and then leaving you with a huge. No, no, just you reading a list at the end. Yep, bro. Cool. Everybody's on the same track. Right, Joel Who
0: have you got twelve to ten? Uh, Let me work out because I forgot about um, John McGinn, so I did to be a bit of remote mem, remodeling. So at 11... Remodeling. At 12, <laughs> I've got... I wrote McGinn in brackets. and put putting arrow. Um, at number 12, I've got Gary Dicker. I don't, don't have him. He... he Probably... 15th or mine. Okay. At number 11, I've got Ryan Edwards.
2: Don't have him. No, not even in my top 25 oh Dude, this is quite hard there are a lot of good sentiment midfielders and remarkably my second part of this like after <laughs> Osmond at number 9 uh, number 10 sorry Osmond, Osmond was in my list and then there was another player I remembered who I had to slot in so he dropped out uh, so right give me your reasons for uh, for those
0: couple of those. <clears throat> First of all, give him Red Edwards because that's a bit of a. That is, that is a bit of uh, because Life field. He doesn't. Um, I was reading your most improved players like last last season. <coughs> he was he was very much um, when he played. He did look not out of his depth, but um, not 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 quite, very good. Not quite with it in terms of what was what was required of him. You, I think you mentioned Tyler's chicken yeah, and that was understandable this season I have he doesn't put up the numbers that other set midfielders do in terms of um, assists and goals but I think he has proved himself as a versatile and flexible player in Partick Thistle's midfield he can play as a number 8 he can play um, he can probably play as, as a part of a 2 in a four-two-three-one in the base midfield he can play as a, a, a number 10 but I think he's best is uh, as a kind of like a shuttling midfielder um who uses his, his energy to link link play and he's more I I think that's that's helped with the fluidity of the uh, part of Thistle's uh, team. I think he's a decent player but for me he
2: doesn't really have what you would maybe define his match winning qualities, so that's why I didn't really get anywhere near my list. Who else was your who was your other two? Dicker was twelve. Decker I thought of like I said, he'd probably about fifteenth. He's had a really good season after a Pretty, well, pretty poor start it Wasn't very good the first couple of months uh, I've noticed him quite a lot He, he has a problem tracking defenders uh, Sorry, tracking midfielders into the box And his job is in, like, the most sitting Most defensive midfield in the party So, sorry All over the shop here Ah, his job as a kind of sitting midfielder Is to track the runs And he was having a real problem doing it at the start of the season But I think he's improved, his passing's improved he, He's looked good when he's gone to centre-half He's probably the leader of that unit as well, maybe. He's certainly the most experienced. But just not quite enough for me
0: for a top 12 spot. I think if you took him out of team, they would struggle big time. I think he's... he's, he's that, I, mean, I think that's that, fair. He's, he's, he's that important. That's what I, I want to try and get people that are important because I could have generally 1-8 or 9 just been Celtic and Aberdeen. I've tried to away from two or three of them just to make it a bit more dynamic. i do not the same, I just don't
2: have
0: the, the, the individuals. Who's your other one? Abdul Osman. He's similar to uh, Gary Dickert in that he gives, he offers uh, midfield a lot of physicality and um, he is uh, very intelligent <coughs> he's, 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 he's a pretty intelligent midfielder. He has uh, strength and he gives, I think, every midfield in Scotland needs a bit of uh, robustness. And
2: I think if you're talking as well, as I previously mentioned, players who have done it over a consistent time period, and yeah. Osmond's just been the same since he came in the league. This is now, he's approaching the end of his third season, and he's been really good on all three of them. He's just, I think that maybe the reason he's slipped off of my list, like I say, I had him originally, but unlike everybody else, he is just a second midfielder, really. Thing I'm, I'm going to become a few players who can do Maybe different things And for me, Osman is Exclusively a guy who sits in front of the defence he, To be fair, he has been shown it a bit recently Because uh, at times Thistle have gone with that 3-4-3 three, three system Where it's him and Barton in the centre And they have to get up and down And he's shown that he does have a bit more dynamism Than I previously thought But it's not his natural comfort he, He's at his best when he's screening in front of the back four And bodying people left, right and centre my twelve to ten is Greg Tansey, Inverness slash Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Don't have him. Ally Crawford. Don't have him. And Arnold June. I have him slightly higher. Okay. Tansey he's not had a great season, so I can see why you, you've—he's not had a great eighteen months, to be fair. No. Although I think he's getting back to the last couple of months. I think him. I wonder why. <laughs> well, I would say more. I was uh, call me um, naive, but I would say it was more to do with the fact that when Inverness really looked like they were in trouble, Rush kind of, him and Draper both kind of stepped up and became yeah. talisman again. But also, Rush Draper dropped back. Ah, I also true. helped that they were teamed, put back together again as a yeah. duo, and stopped pissing around with Ian Vigers as a deep lying playmaker, the guy who can't defend at all. I think ta- yeah, Tansy was- foreign. <laughs> Tansy was about fourteenth on my list. The thing what I like about Tansy, maybe why it puts him ahead of guys like Osman, is that Tansy is a sitting midfielder, but he can do a bit more further forward as well. He's got a really good shot on him, he's got a great range of passing, and he can just kind of influence the player a bit more mm. in the final third. Crawford, he's not been the best midfielder at Hamilton this season, but if you just look over his, his career with Hamilton in the top flight... That's a damning. Uh, well, Danny McGinnis yeah. has been maybe undoubtedly Hamilton's Player of the Year this year. So he's had a really good season. I wasn't quite ready to put him amongst his crowd because
0: Grant Gillespie got
2: him there, no? <laughs> no, no, no? He wasn't quoted in the top twenty five. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Crawford's on the list, because Crawford can win <clears> you games. <throat> and that for me is, that for me just, you know deserves more respect than someone like McKinnon who fair plays played well this season. But he's more about he's more a battler, he's more somebody who's gonna stop the opposition. You need a player to win you games. Crawford is an excellent goal scorer midfielder. We've talked about him. How important he is to Hamilton when he goes in good runs, Hamilton win games. Right? Mm. When he's poor,
0: Hamilton are poor. He's very inconsistent, but he is a terrific, terrific shot. I, didn't, I did notice one of the stats guy on uh, stats stats guys on Twitter. I think it was the SPFL radar talked about Ali Crawford's the number of shots he has, and basically uh, he looked at stats and as if if Crawford is uh, if Hamilton are going to survive, it's going to be through Ali Crawford. So
2: that's why he, his form's not been that great. But uh, no, no, that's, that's why that's, that's why I include him. And Jim Well you can probably get to him When, cool. when you discuss him
1: Sean Who's your, who's your 12 from, to from 12 to 10 12 to 10 right, So number 12 I actually didn't want to include him In this list uh, But I realised That the other person Who could be 12 Would have meant That there was two Arbroath players In my uh, in my list uh, But I went for John McGinn <laughs> But anyway, I was trying to include players that have had good seasons <laughs> Right And I don't think John McGinn's had a particularly good season But anyway, that's my number 12 uh, And you both have John McGinn Or, or at least one of you's. you Do you, you both have John McGinn? Reluctantly, yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we uh, both got John We've got have you, got, 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 got higher than <laughs> the list of best midfielders in Scotland I was tempted to leave him out uh, Number 11, I've went for Stephen McGinn Oh yeah, yeah And uh, number 10, it's my first person on this list who isn't a McGinn It's uh, it's Ryan McCord of Arbros So so talk us through I'm going to do
2: that Kenny McIntyre here Talk us through that list Why have you got John McGinn that deep? Uh, Because
1: he's not had a good season Uh, He he hasn't been He hasn't been Hib's best central midfielder But he probably has been better than Fivey And Has has he been better than uh, Bartley for example? I wouldn't say so. I mean, McGinn, has, how he gets in the Scotland's team, I've, I've no idea. But has, I don't know if he has been far poorer this season because of uh, Neil Lennon or if it's some other reason. But I, think sees, he's, I think he's bored with he the influenced, second tier. He certainly hasn't influenced games as much as he did last season.
2: Because when you saw him in the derbies, first game at Tyne maybe a little bit more quiet, but that was more of a defensive job he had to do. At Easter Road, he, him and Cummins ran the show. It was brilliant, the game at Easter Road. So I just think he's bored playing against these jobbers every week He's just sick of it He wants to be back at the big time He's in the Scotland squad now He's a big
1: man uh, I, I think if you're struggling to perform Against Wraith Rovers and Dumbarton Then I'm not sure you should be getting in Top 12 lists That that was uh, So that's why he sneaked into mine Because okay. I couldn't really think of a decent replacement And I There's no way Martin Scott was getting into it Even <laughs> though he had nine goals For our growth this season Imagine Martin Scott at the job again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen McGinn I know, uh, I know Craig Telford mentioned him earlier he has been a great sign he's only played in 12 games to be fair uh, but if he plays in the remaining six and he will have played for half a season and if St Martin stay up he'll have contributed more in those 18 games uh, than the rest of those Jabberwockies uh, <laughs> the vast majority of them that's in that St Martin squad he probably does inspire uh, those around him certainly uh, another player who I've got now is Stevie Marlin has kicked on uh, coinciding with his arrival as well uh, so that's why I've got him in the list. And Ryan McCord, Ryan McCord is just far too good for that level of football. I just, I think, I think if you give Ryan McCord a long leash, then he loves his football and he'll perform wonders for you. But if you demand that he gets fit and trains five days a week and sticks to a rigorous diet, then he just doesn't. He's just not interested whatsoever. I mean, he, he never wastes a pass. His dead ball delivery is excellent. He scored uh, he scored seven goals in midfield this season, and he's arguably been uh, Arbroath's player this season, probably. And if they win the league, it'll be a lot of it will be to do with him. I was going to say, I wonder what he made of M- Malcolm McKay and John Rankin's comments, but I'm
0: guessing um, he was too busy in Nando's to <laughs> t- to care.
2: No, he was he uh, was
0: in the
1: the cinema digesting Nando's, eating a hot dog, full <laughs> <Pour> on silent, <salad. laughs> a liter and a half of coke. Joe, who's your ninety seventh?
0: And a trough of popcorn. <laughs> nine is um, aforementioned Joe McGinn.
2: I've got him at nine as well. We'll just talk about McGinn right now.
0: Yeah, I I've been swayed because the majority of times I've seen him, but it's been the bigger games. And He's always good in the bigger games. Yeah, he? he never really has a bad one. Uh, he's shot over hearts a couple of times so yeah so was... <laughs>
2: that's why I've got him above Jim as well because it was hard to justify putting Jim above McGinn seeing it's every the time they go head
0: to head McGinn is much better than him but I was I was actually going to put him I was really difficult at McGinn that I could I could have left him off I could have snuck him in at 12 or I can put him uh, put him higher he's a very strange strange player I think next season like I was going to leave him off and go what's uh, what's he done in the, the the top flight even when he was with St Mirren he would have these fits and bursts where you, you see him go up against Scott Brown and he'd go toe-to-toe and then next next again it would be um, Eric Jemma Jemma would bring him down to his level uh, f- <laughs> Just I don't know if, even if they played with Rachel um, he, like, he, he was he was the top flight then was that type of player but then you, you do look at him and see in games where he plays well and like that is a massive talent And you can see why people uh, tip him to go to the, the Premiership in England But I think uh, he needs to get back to the Premiership in Scotland He shouldn't move down south um, this summer Because
1: he may be found out And he needs to have a big a big season next season I think, it, I think he's a very good player But I just think he's performed fleetingly this season Whereas last season, it was pretty much every week Who's next? June At number 8
0: What you got to say about him? He has not had a great season. <laughs> no, uh, when he when he does like, again, he's one of those. Uh, I think oh, <laughs> this is goes for the whole team. When when he plays well, the, the team plays well. The I've noticed that in terms of the midfielders, only one midf- only one central youth class central midfielder has had more made more key key passes than him in the whole league. <laughs> so uh, I couldn't justify putting him on because I was get slagged drawn by the people I go to football with. It's uh, Donaldo Kiwi has made more <laughs> more key passes from the central midfield. Are
2: we unfairly leaving are you unfairly leaving carry off this list altogether? He got into my top 25, but he was one of the first names called.
0: He got into my top 31, it was. uh, But it was scored (laughs) off quite early. Why (laughs) is Kelly so divisive for Hearts fans? I don't know. There's games where he literally does nothing. He'll run about, but do nothing else. And there was... uh, and he has moments where he just looks are you sure he's a professional footballer like that free kick against <laughs> Kilmarnock last season when he, he put the ball down and he he ran round it he had a 360 and then for good measure he did another 180 and then passed it straight to a Kilmarnock player that was that was that was baffling then the Aberdeen game there was some passes where yeah you're wondering Who was that too? But then there was another, uh, like a key pass he made right into Juma, I think it was, or Isma that created the Sam Douglas' chance. Yes, I he is a very decisive player from uh, Cowie, as Cowie and among Hearts fans. But I I do like him. I think you can see how badly he was missed in that second end of the derby. The um, he is very good at pressing, but again, it's uh, trying to second guess Hearts fans.
2: Jim, I think, still maybe deserves to be on the list because he's got incredible technique for a midfielder. He can do a, a range of jobs as well. He hmm. can play the number 10, he can play
0: the kind of deeper player, maybe not as well, but I, he still does it. I'm not sure anyone knows what his best position is, he plays as a number 8 or a number 6 for Cameroon.
2: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> and then put him out wide or put him as a number 10, something he just passes him by. I, I'll perhaps have a, I'm probably doing him a, um, um I'm probably doing a service putting him this high because when you think of it when it comes to big games he has never stepped up and bossed it the way he Rangers that. game at home the 4-1 I think so
2: but he played the number 10
0: Rain, uh, Rangers were as good as Hamilton that day so it's uh, there's a caveat to that
2: oh is it no was he not away at that time he was away at that time it was a 2-0 game
0: 2-0 game
2: where he kind of had a poor and then just
0: yes he was very good that game uh, I do remember second half especially was fantastic
2: and that's maybe his best position because that's where he can play his own pace a bit more it's number 10 and it's very hard to get the ball from that's something I yeah see. he protects it very well it's
0: just his technique allows him to do that and he's
2: kind of got he long sh- legs as well so he's able to shield it kind of Gone Goncalves style where he used to shield out a play Jumke could kind of do that in the middle of the he park he should
0: score more goals yeah, he should. Um, he's, sometimes he's, he's shooting, he's, he's technically, he, he kind of just cuts across the ball too much.
2: Who's your number
0: seven, I think? Seven is Ryan Jack.
2: Right? I don't have Jack at all. Do you not? He's not even on my honourable mentions. I just don't Ooh. get it. I i have said Ooh. this before. I think Jack is quite an overrated player. Ooh.
1: Ooh.
2: <laughs> I think Aberdeen have actually... In, if... if <laughs>
0: If Ryan Jack is going a, at the end of the season and Greg Tansy is coming in, I think Aberdeen will improve the midfield. I mentioned this on on Twitter, and that was uh, jumped upon by uh, a couple of people mentioning that Tansy's not the same player as Jack at all. They're just saying that though, because Jack currently plays with their team. Nadi's too uh, to burger. All right. Yeah, I'm Craig Anderson.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> Craig Anderson once said that Ryan Jack was better than Gary Stephen, so
0: I'm the least as a opinion. <laughs> But I, I understand what they're saying in terms of uh, Tansy and Jack. Tansy is better with uh, Draper beside him. Mm-hmm. And so you I, think he'll struggle Aberdeen, with with him? No, I, I mentioned Shinny. I thought if Shinny can do that uh, job because I looked uh, I looked at uh, one of those radar graphs from SPFL Radar and it was comparing McLean, Jack and Shinny. Shinny's stats weren't all that good, whereas uh, Jack is with... His defensive jokes. Uh, I think he he was the best at midfielder, um, best midfielder, and his passing was very good in terms of keeping passing, his passing in, uh, to final final third. I think uh, this season, especially the last few months, th- there's been a lot of talk, fairly about uh, Kenny McLean, but I think Jack's been very good. The fact that Aberdeen have so much pressure on on teams, and he's just can, he can, can just sit there and recycle it to start uh, to start a game. Uh, I. I I like him sometimes there is there is moments where you're thinking Napoli and Roma have a have a word
2: I think he's just he plays too passively for me a lot of the time and he has been good in the last few months but that might also be part of the fact that Aberdeen have been good Mm. I don't think I've ever seen an Aberdeen game where Aberdeen have been poor as a collective and I know how Jack's played well ever he's he can maybe lead cuz he is the captain for some reason uh, so maybe he gets the team to to
0: play at a, a th- higher pace when he's doing that i think he's been uh, there's been a an added aggressiveness to his his game uh, especially in the last again the last few months with this this long run there the games where he is um He's really hunted. Like you, you just kind of expect him to sit and pass, but he's yeah, hunted, uh, hunted opponents and um, won a lot of, won a lot of tackles and interceptions. I
2: think he's a good. I think he has good footballing ability. I'm just not really sure about his overall kind of skill set. he Doesn't really score goals. So he doesn't. I mean, you say he's passing to the. I'm surprised at that. I, I wouldn't think he was that great passing to the final third because I never really see him do stuff in it. Uh, so I don't think he's particularly creative, despite what the stats might say. He's not very big. And that's always been a problem that Aberdeen fans have levelled at their own midfield is that they need a bit of strength. And that's to make it clear that's what I kind of meant with the Tansy thing coming in will improve the midfield. I'm not saying on this list that Tansy is a better midfielder overall. I'd happily to listen to arguments to the contrary that Jack is a better midfielder because I know that, but technically and in terms of kind of move and play, he's probably better. But I think Tansy will give him another option. I think Jack is maybe well, he is a different player. Him, Shinny, and McLean—the fact that there's not really a lot of strength is. McLean could do the ranging balls from deep but he's better as the number 10 and so I just think he will suit that midfield better Tansy as somebody who can sit more is a bit more physical which they definitely need and, and, and when when opposing teams are a bit stubborn against Aberdeen somebody who could just ping the ball over the top uh, it
0: was, uh, Tansy will suit Hayes and will not begin anymore because he's gone
2: Really, still no.
0: got pace about him
2: Rooney really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the forwards last time you don't have Rooney really on
0: it. It will be very high.
2: Okay, I've got McGinn at nine. Uh, we've already touched on him. At number eight, I've got Tony Andrew.
0: Didn't even think about him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of course Tony Andrew's got the list. He's arguably been the best player in the second tier this season. I, I may have him on my list. I mean, he's the reason he gets above McGinn is for the reason Sean's kind of laid out. McGinn's not had a great season. Andrew has been Dundee United's best player by an absolute mile. Without him, I God knows where they would be. Yeah, I think the Challenge Cup final showed that they were pretty cool in the first half. He scored a goal out of nowhere and helped them. Was probably their best player. And well, Nicholson played well when he came on, but was one of their best players certainly in the second half as they came into the game a lot more if there's awards for MVP for the lower leagues or in, in general he would probably get it he's technically a very good player could score goals get make stuff happen in the final third and he's been at the top flight and shown he can do it there as well so it's not just a kind of like John McGinn John McGinn has been in the top flight to be fair but that was a wee bit further back Andrew's done it a bit more recently Anderton
1: well I was going to say Anderton, not that great a team but I suppose Hamilton it's top mm. flight he's he's too good for Dundee United he's too good for that level and even though his form has probably dipped over the last couple of months he's still managed to score 20 goals in I think 31 games something like
0: that Did He scored as many as
1: that? aye uh, this was a massive oversight on my part completely, to be fair I completely forgot about championship. championship you know. I, uh, I have him as number one I must admit on my list <laughs> there we go <laughs> no, number seven
2: I've got Ryan Christie no, no Ryan Christie's not made your 12th You'd Ryan Jack's a better player Than Ryan Christie Where's Ryan Christie In this Aberdeen team? It's because of Kenny McLean I've got behind Kenny McLean Because Christie can't play Further back If Christie With his ability Level Could play further back I think he'd be In the team ahead Of Ryan Jack I think
1: list Could beat your list at a, game of <laughs> at a game of football I really do Yeah Christie was, <laughs> <laughs> was Have you got Ryan Stevenson right? To <laughs> play in goal <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did write down Christie but again it's, it's See, not I,
2: I think for me again I'm probably going on the lifetime achievement thing remember how good he was at Inverness I don't think he's gotten worse I just think the fact that he's finding game time hard to come mm. back Aberdeen it looked like a good situation at start I'm not sure it has been the best situation for him since he always had competition he might have been better off going to I don't know um to Johnson, Hart, or somebody who really yeah. needed a player
0: like that. I, I agree with that. I think if he went to someone other than Aberdeen, he would probably be on the list. I still think uh, if I was comp- Liam Henderson at this point, would be ahead of Christie coming on the list. I'm not on the list, but he, Liam Henderson would be ahead of Christie.
2: I don't have Liam Henderson because I don't have another Celtic player on the list. I don't want to see him right now, just in case you have. Although you probably don't. You have Callum McGregor. David, think of him. <laughs>
0: I actually wrote down Beaton before Callum McGregor.
2: <laughs> what? <laughs> Beaton didn't even make my top 25. I'm done with Beaton. I don't think he's any good anymore. He's technically a, like incredible. I mean, his, his touch is as smooth as everybody's in Scottish football. There's no doubt that he's he's got natural ability that very few players of any anyway in this league can match, but he just plays the game at a pace that's just far too slow. And he really doesn't offer much uh, other than five yard passes I just don't think he's any good anymore he doesn't track runners either he's just he's not I don't understand why Rodgers has been playing him as often as he has the last couple months I think McGregor compliments Brown so much more and I think Celtic are a better team with McGregor on the side obviously nowhere near beat on in terms of technical ability Mm. and that's
0: probably the reason why but no pish I I I can see in terms of McGregor I can see what um, he adds to Celtic he 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 provides a, provides a job, a function of the team. Um, he's decent legs, but I just think he's back average. I don't think he'll make it a Celtic.
2: Yes, and that's the reason why I have not included Henderson. Because Henderson can play further back and he's behind McGregor in the pecking order. Do you think Henderson... I, I think Henderson and McGregor are completely different. I mean, they are different, but they can play the same set yeah. midfield position. And McGregor's getting a shout over Henderson now. So if I'm not including McGregor, I can't really include Henderson. Even though I really liked them in my last year, but again, championship, it's hard to tell. It's easier, like, people will say, like, and we do it as well, I mean, we've, we've said it with them but it is easier when you're a championship player to get your confidence up every week and then to go up a level when you're playing against, who did they play last season, Aberdeen, Hearts, Rangers, well, Rangers was same league, but you know what I mean, Dundee United, whatever, to then step up a notch and to make yourself look like you will be playing that level every week against that kind of competition as we've seen with a lot of the players who starred in Rangers 4-0-something of Dundee it doesn't quite work like that when you're up against that level every week so I maybe scrap John McGinn <laughs> although he's played with a better ship in the, the past it's fine right Sean,
1: sure. who's your ninety seven? 7 uh, number 9 is, uh, is a destroyer of world, uh, destroyer of worlds uh, Nathaniel Wedderburn uh, number 8 I have uh, Stephen Allen. And number seven I've went for Scott Pittman Of Livingston Okay briefly Take us through those three We've only got five minutes left Okay Uh, So Nathaniel Weatherburn uh, As soon as he came back Into the Dunfermline team uh, They started conceding Far fewer goals He protects the defence Exceptionally well I also wanted to include him Because he was in that picture With uh, 15 Fife girls On a hen party And he looked absolutely terrified Uh, (laughs) No wonder Did you see the woman? (laughs) Uh, We then got Stevie Malin We we talked about the fact That Malin probably had to uh, Should probably get out of Dodge When he came to Sidman Because he's been dragged down Uh, He's kicked on Uh, He's now got seven goals In midfield And looks far more The player that we were used to seeing uh, For the last couple of seasons and Scott Pittman is a player I would like to see playing for a good team at championship level because I, I thought he should have, I thought he could have played for a team that was pushing for promotion out of the championship. Instead, he ended up at a, a fairly muck Livingston side. Uh, he's picked on again, uh, kicked on again in League One. He's skillful, uh, he wins the ball very well, he scores goals. He's got seven goals in midfield this season. Uh, he's got a ridiculous amount of assists, and I'm quite looking forward to seeing him back in the Championship again. Can fairly certain limits, tied him down to a, uh, a reasonably long term deal, possibly two seasons, uh, and very much a match winner, so he deserves to be in it. Okay, fire
2: through <laughs> these to go. we about six
1: minutes.
2: Six to four, who you got?
0: High minute six. Or oh, well, I'm at five. Shinny at 5 right. Robich at 4 Rogic
2: at 4 what I've got me much higher
0: go through them Hyman uh, he's it's not a big sample size we should say no yeah, that's he, what I was going to say but um, he's been pretty much excellent in the he has been a excellent I, again I looked at um, I looked on Twitter He's kind of stats all his passing stats are fantastic. Very rarely he the ball. He passes forward a lot. And a lot of his passes leads to shots.
2: Yeah, and he's a very dynamic player as well. He's kind of Jason Holt, but better.
0: Yeah, he's intelligent. You, you, know, uh, he can, you know that he knows how to play football.
2: Yeah, and he's a goal threat as well, yeah. as he's proved already. Which again, a bit better than Jason Holt. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Jason Holt used to be a number 10 Had yeah. high hopes of the future? I had him as number 12 here.
0: Oh. I did so And then, then he got bumped off He got bumped off, or, off yeah. From yeah But then Andrew would have Bumped him off If I re- could actually Remember <laughs> football players
2: <laughs> Okay Shinny We've both got Shinny. I've gone with four I think he is So you must have Kenny McLean higher Kenny McLean For me Excellent In the last few months Johnny Hayes said He was the best player In Scottish football Since the turn of the year I think he's second best Behind a certain Someone I'm sure We'll get to But over the kind of course of his Aberdeen career he's been very hit and miss mm-hmm. and this is his, probably his most sustained period so I hope he'd keep this up and McInnes, McInnes talked about we've talked about this on the show he found an extra gear from somewhere that has enabled him to be a better player because that's a problem with McLean, McLean similar problem with Jack and kind of a problem with Aberdeen in general is that when they're poor there is the fact that they're just a bit too passive they lack a bit of urgency and that's maybe McLean's problem because he has great passing ability he can make things happen when he, when he plays with a bit more urgency and energy With a bit more aggression He's good at doing the defensive duties as well He is not a goal scorer That is just a myth that people continue to peddle He scored only four times this season And one of those was a penalty and he's played like 30 odd games So it's always been that case Because he always used to get like seven goals But like four of them were from the spot And he's also pretty good at free kicks as well So he, he's that's maybe something he can improve on And why he's maybe a little bit lower down on my list and why he's behind Shinny who just in terms of just someone to it's maybe yeah, like you said maybe someone that stats don't reflect very well but in terms of the eye test yeah, just, just everywhere in the midfield he's Aberdeen fans I think still prefer him on the left because he is a good crosser and that's something he can't really use in the centre but his energy I think just brings so much to the, to the middle of the park he just gets in opponents faces constantly he, like, cliche of covering the, every blade of grass. The
0: biggest, That's kind of what he does. The biggest um, compliment I can pay, pay him is he, um, Aberdeen, or if, if he was with any team, you would want three or four of them.
2: Yeah, pretty much. We all dream of a team of great yeah. machines. They would lose many balls in there. <laughs>
0: okay. And that would be a a team with a, a big nose. <laughs> 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 I've also,
2: so I've got McLean 6, Hyman 5, Sherry 4, but we'll just Fire through to the top yeah. one, and then we could go to Sean's mm-hmm. six Yeah, good. Um, so number three, McLean. I've got Scott Brown. So you've, you, Tell me you've got Brown. I've got Brown. <laughs> <laughs> He's he number two. So why, if we use McLean higher than Rogic, for
0: example? He's a steamer. What is life? No, I that, that's the uh, Rogic is. I was never overly impressed with him until this season there was there was still I was one of those people oh, down but last season it was alright he's
2: <laughs> better than alright I think we had him in like our top three last season I think we had him number two last season was my first
0: time playing that's, that's fine so he's, he's, he's dropped two places because he's been injured for uh, he's, he's missed a part of the season. he's not the most reliable in terms of Keeping healthy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You take take him off after take him off after an hour. He, yeah, he uh, doesn't have very stamina.
2: That's yeah. true.
0: I, I as as a number ten, he, he, is, he is fantastic. He's, he is better than McLean in terms of creativity, in terms of goals, in terms of feet. He's devastating when he's when he's at his best. Uh, but again, he's, it's the uh, untrustworthiness of it, uh, of his gangly frame. <laughs> McLean, uh, I've, I've been really impressed with him. I, I think he's been a big. Uh, Big reason for Aberdeen's in form, the fact that he's been given that uh, number ten role in the centre. Aberdeen are more dangerous through the centre. It used to just be the whites, uh, the uh, the wings. They're more uh, dangerous through the centre. A lot of that comes from uh, McLean. His through ball stats are very very good. Uh, although I still think he should be doing more in terms of uh, producing numbers, in terms of passes, key passes, assists, goals. Especially he strikes the ball quite well. It should be that. He should yeah, certainly should be scoring more goals. Uh, again, this uh, this a lot of this is um, what's, what's the term recency, recency bias or whatever it's called so obviously Rogic has been missing for the last few months um, and you do kind of remember him getting subbed all the time McLean has been fantastic and pushing for uh, he was unlucky not to be in the Scotland squad
2: so who is your number well you've got Brown and one other player left who's your number one just go for your number one sure I'm strong sure i yeah. I've got him as well so let's talk about Brown first Comeback season If we had a comeback Player of the year I'm sure he'd win it uh, this might probably something To add for the awards At the end of the campaign
1: just Bear in mind how bad He was last season It's remarkable how brilliant He's been this season
2: Yeah and he's actually Continued to be brilliant The story's kind of Completely disappeared But he's still Continued to be one of Celtic's best players Throughout just about Every single match And It's maybe The story's maybe Gone away as well Because he's played for Scotland And been picked When he's done so But while at Celtic he's, He still Dominates the midfield And it I mean he must have been carrying an injury last year or did he just hate Ronnie Dyler that much that he's like uh,
0: he, he was pretty much play, played through an injury like why he's, he was so bad yes he's not that good he's not, that, don't good. I'm, he's I'm not, not th- that good or he's not that good or influential a player yet you think oh you, you, you'd play him 60% fit he needs to be he needs to be not 100% fit but he needs to be uh, of a very very good fitness so he can actually carry out his, his game
1: ...where he's most effective. The only game he struggled was against Lincoln Redemps Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I oh, said, you are done. <laughs> and then I literally about four days later, he was good again. And Stuart Armstrong... There is no
0: words left to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: I think we should say some words. For me, he's number one. Even though I've kind of gone against what I said at the, the top of the, the segment... ...that players kind of have to show over a period of time... ...and Armstrong... Obviously, in his time at Celtic, it didn't look particularly great from when he joined until November. However, since then, since November onwards, maybe the best player in
0: Scotland? There's no maybe about it. No maybe about
2: no. it. So, best player in Scotland since that time. Somebody who could pretty much, as a midfielder, do absolutely everything. Mm. Especially when he's a bit deep. I still think he's an out-and-out number 10. Maybe lacks just that little bit of gal. He's a, not number 10, he's number 8. J- yeah, just that little bit of kind of... Roger, just he doesn't quite have the technique of Roger. he's goal scored record is pretty good to be fair so I can't really
0: he's got that Spanish word uh, uh, used to describe a rival what's that? you don't remember me telling you Duncan to school no he's got you Ugada you right, you Ugada yeah but yeah I um—he's one <laughs> <laughs> he's one of my he's one of my favourite uh, players to watch oh yeah in, in Scotland easily uh, he'd certainly be in the top three him Stephen McLean and someone else
1: I think Ryan McCord has you gada.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so yeah, just incredible player. So we've got him tell no, him that. We've got him number one. So your number two is Brown, number three is McLean. My top three was my top three. of Celtic. Brown, Roderick and Armstrong.
0: Joel, do you have to run? Or Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> so we're completing the show, one man down. What's um what's textra? It, you're not here. I would like to know. Just to see how badly I'm going to miss it.
2: Well, we're going to do room one hundred and one style complaints.
0: That sounds like something I would quite like. I know. Uh, okay, you <laughs> are not here. Complain them.
2: <laughs> anyway. We'll with the rest of your list. Uh, we're, we're saying goodbye to Joe because we're yeah. absolutely horrendous at timekeeping. This is uh, very professional of us. We're also five minutes over. But would you care? This is free show.
1: Well, I do the. Will I do my top six. Yes. Okay, uh, number six. I've got Joe Thompson. Uh, on loan from Celtic Excellent at Dumbarton This season They were gutted to see him go He then went to Queen of South uh, They were even more gutted Because they'd heard They was coming back out On loan again And he may be going to Dumbarton Instead He went to Queen of South He probably hasn't uh, Hasn't been quite as exceptional For them He was well, very exceptional
2: In his first month They raved about
1: him Absolutely No he's been very good uh, Probably fell off a bit as, has, as have Queen of South In general To be fair But he probably deserves to be in it Or does deserve to be in it they're kind
2: of falling into the relegation battle now as well. When it looked like prior to last weekend, they were like the only team that that looked like they had pretty much nothing to play for. They were just kind of safe in that number five spot. They were too far away from Morton or no, sorry Dundee United, and they were too far ahead of Simon. And even if Simon came back to points, it was like Ar were not picking up anything. But then Air all of a sudden won, and you're still expecting Simon St. to pick up some points. So now Queen of the South. I think, it, what are the four?
1: Well, if four they the air. if they hadn't been awarded a goal uh, for striking the post against Rafe Rovers <laughs> on <laughs> Saturday, then they would have been level with Rafe Rovers
2: That's not very
1: good. They've probably, they've probably just got enough to survive, but they I think they've won about six games without a win now. To be fair, that goal. Yes. I think it could have crossed the line. Uh, I, I suppose it's an irrelevance because the referee awarded it, but uh, looking at the replay, it
2: does because it bounces out. So it, you you kind of watch it real time. You hang the ball at the
1: post, and then it's just come straight out like an arrow. Because you see when it goes past the other post. The only way it could have went in is if it went if it went backwards when it struck the inside of the post, and then curved out because when it bounces on the line. Well, that's what I think yeah. done. And it did, possibly.
2: So well, I think the, they definitely done that anyway, because when it comes back off the post, it goes on the line. But when it crosses the other post, it's about a yard or maybe even two yards away from it. So it's definitely had some sort of spin. So maybe that spin took it over the line at some
1: point point then, it then did, bounced in the line and then went over. If it did, then it was an excellent guess. Uh, <laughs> because it didn't look like it to me. But anyway, I'm maybe biased. Uh, number five, Jamie Lindsay. Uh, exceptional at Morton. I know uh, Ross Forbes gets all the uh, Morton, on no, the majority of the plaudits. but it's guys like Jamie Lindsay that allows Ross Forbes to do what he does. I wanted to include him in my
2: top 12 just to look like I knew
1: stuff. Oh, he's been exceptional. Uh, again, also uh, on loan for Celtic. Uh, I don't think he'll be good enough to, to make it at Celtic To be fair But I would imagine That he's probably got a decent career Ahead of him uh, And number four uh, And it's occurred to me that I don't think I mentioned Elgin enough In the League 2 roundup. So I'm glad that I have uh, At number four Brian Cameron uh, A guy who I suppose Elgin are quite fortunate to have If he didn't stay in that area I don't think he would be playing League 2 football with Elgin But he, I don't think he wants to play anywhere else uh, I think he—I don't know what he does. I suppose Duncan would know in terms of what he does away from football. But he's just an exceptional midfielder that uh, makes Elgin tick. 14 goals in midfield this season. He's having another exceptional season, and it's just a pity that they are starting to fall away because I would like to see him playing at a higher level. That
2: is like a benefit to a lot of players in that. That's why a lot of clubs in that area is that you get players who are probably too good for you, but they don't really want to move because it's not really worth it, especially if you're part-time, it's not really worth it to completely uproot your family and play in the central belt and it's definitely not worth it to make a what, seven, eight-hour round trip <laughs> to, like, play at Edinburgh <laughs> or whatever. Then yeah, Even it happens with, like, Ross County and Inverness. They seem to keep the players for a bit longer because it's other clubs might come in with offers or, like, sign out to agents. who would collect to sign him. Inverness especially, like, they've, looks like they're going to lose a lot of their good players now but for like recent seasons they've been surprisingly good at keeping a lot of them and getting them on new deals like guys like Warren and Meekins when Inverness were at their kind of peak and in the top six and they still now get these guys to new contract you're kind of looking at it as saying like I'm surprised that nobody else went in for them maybe they did but they were just only willing to offer similar wages it's like well I'm
1: i suppose. <laughs> uh, for that. I suppose for a team like Elgin though it's very much a two-way street so I can't imagine they're paying yeah, so, it's to... so they can't, they'll they struggle to get anybody for the central belt whereas <laughs> teams like Peter Head who as far as I'm aware pay decent wages for that level they can attract guys up there so I suppose it's a 2 week street for Elgin uh, who else do I have here uh, number three I went for Marvin Bartley I the think barman. I think he's been uh, Habs uh, most impressive midfielder far far and away ahead of him again and he uh, you talked about the fact that McGinn has kind of shone in, in big games. I think Has done the same as well, but I also think he uh has shown more in the uh, kind of lesser games, I suppose. It's
2: very good to get set off when he
1: doesn't deserve to When he be. doesn't deserve I think twice he's had red cards ascended this season. So another reason If we should probably be in the list. Uh who do to have number two, uh Craig Sibold. A guy who won't be at Falkirk. I know I think even I think even Falkirk have come to terms with the fact he won't be there next season. Falkirk's best player. Uh, they said that they're going to. I think they're wanting to, though, they're wanting to sell them though, and they want to sell them for big money because Houston was out the day saying that only the old firm could afford them. See, I thought that I read that they had to offer him a deal, but it was to do away because so they'll, they'll get the development fee. I thought his deal was up right. at the end of this season. You might be right, but I, I just saw the headline. Uh, so, yeah, he'll
2: be so off. So, maybe he's saying that only Rangers can afford the
1: development fee. got a very big development <laughs> fee.
2: <laughs> about two or three hundred thousand. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if Hudson Aberdeen would say
1: of, But I think we can afford it if They really want it Let's face it He's going to go to Swansea Yeah Just, just like every other Young player for football uh, And at number one uh, We've already discussed him uh, Tony Andrew Yes Very good Exceptional Do you know what's weird? No
2: That him and Cammy Bell Look really similar
1: Cammy Bell's hair Is more permed
2: they've both got that wee perm and Taylor bit going on they both got the kind of like dark stubble they've both got similar faces like even the shape and stuff
1: I bet Tony Andrew wouldn't let letting that goal at Fort Park no he would have
2: caught it as <laughs> <laughs> everybody else would <laughs> to be fair he, didn't, he did not say this I read the copy Just, like the headline said Cabot Bell like my winning the Challenge Cup makes up for the Hyler in the playoff game. And you read the quotes, and didn't say that at all. Of course, who would say that? <laughs> oh no, this overshadows it. I will be remembered for winning the Challenge Cup, the Iron Drew Cup, <laughs> with my teammate there, Tony Andrew, please. Man of the match award A glass
1: bottle of iron brew I, I will never knock the challenge cup As it gave me one of my best days
2: Yes you recently I think it was Was it today or yesterday Changed your profile picture on did, did Back I did. to you
1: That picture of you I'm, no, Go, I'm not, Goading Rangers fans I'm not somebody who's that keen On pictures of myself But I am keen on that one It's my favourite picture of me <laughs> <laughs> on the stretch towards Rangers fans we're, and we and if you count them there is 10 Rangers players in the distance behind me uh, head bowed or lying on the turf it's, what a picture that is <laughs> <It's> brilliant <laughs>
2: ok that's it uh, we hope you've enjoyed the fact we've ran on for a ridiculous length of time uh, you, you can even get to hear more of us if you listen to the Terrace Extra that is available via Patreon so if you go to patreon.com forward slash Terrace podcast you can give us only $2 a month plus VAT and you can listen to all this extra content a bargain it is a bargain especially since I think I'll we'll have to discuss this with the lads first but over the summer if people are going to continue to give us money we're probably going to have to do some shows for that so we'll probably do some full end shows over the summer so you may as well get on in it now so you can listen to our back catalogue get that done and then by the time the summer comes around you'll be ready to listen to these full end shows that are exclusive what on earth fuck knows (laughs) but I'm sure we'll think of (laughs) something and if you don't want to do that that's fine you can find us on Twitter and Facebook Terrace Podcast for both and I think that's pretty much it we said the email earlier on thanks for listening Sean say goodbye goodbye Joel uh, you're away and I'm Craig Fowler saying I hope you enjoy your football